You're listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer with Gina Militia, one of Australia's leading portrait celebrity and lifestyle photographers. With over 25 years' experience in the industry, Gina is a pro photographer who regularly travels the world shooting for some of the country's top magazines and advertisers. She is author of four best-selling books on photography, runs workshops and mentors aspiring photographers all around the world. In conversation with journalist, interviewer and budding amateur photographer Valerie Koo, Gina reveals what it takes to build a successful photography business, provides a sneak peek into life behind the lens and talks about her tips and techniques to get the perfect shot. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 234 of So You Want to Be a Photographer. My name's Valerie Koo and I'm here with Gina Militia. Awesome photographer, Gina Militia. How are you? Oh, great, Valerie. How are you going? Awesome curator, artist, multiple <laughs> <What's> been... slashy. <laughs> What's been happening in Gina? Well, well before... now I just want to tell listeners that we are, we've got a really great episode coming up. It's called Light Painting with our guest, Dennis Smith. Now, if you're not familiar with light painting, it's an awesome awesome technique that some photographers use that certainly Dennis Smith uses and it's absolutely magical so stay tuned for that but in the meantime Gina what's been happening in Gina world so today Valerie I rescued a dog oh. and here's the thing this is uh, really cool uh, the dog was and I can't remember because its owners came and got it I had him uh, in the backyard but he was just barking in out the front of my house for like an hour barking 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 and he wouldn't go so I went down and finally he came over and uh the when the and rang the owners and they came and picked him up and then they told me I'm like he's a beautiful breed uh like sort of long-haired white beautiful um it turned out he was a Japanese dog right okay so my dog's Japanese and so what I figured is that they were talking to each other and he was actually barking in Japanese. Oh. And Gar- and he came around because he knew that Gary was like he f- looking for his people and okay. it was kind of some sort of ancient bond that they had. Because they you got reckon? on well. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So is Gary barking back though? Yeah, they were all talking to each other. Yeah. Oh, it was really cute. cute. Yeah. And how so did I feel he like get I've done something good. Oh, okay. So here's the thing: the owner, the people that were looking after, that was a, like an older couple who were mm-hmm. minding the dog for their oh. son, and oh. the son had gone uh, while the son was moving. So not usually in this garden. The, the son was at work, and it was the son's number. And I rang him, and he's like, "Yeah, there's someone looking after him. I'll get them to come." And you could just see that the parents were like just so embarrassed and you could see that they were like so worried and that they let the dog can you imagine that the dog got out so yeah that would but be lucky bad got him back and he was such a beautiful dog that I made sure that I brought him in and and uh had him in in a safe spot because I was worried that you know someone would take I just get worried when I see dogs I wandering and they shouldn't be allowed like to wander the streets like that it's not the 70s Val because that's what we oh. did we wandered That's, the streets. Yes, but, you know, in my area, dogs everywhere wandering the streets. Everywhere. Really? Yeah, everywhere. 
it's just a pretty, yeah, like a daisical approach <laughs> in this area. But anyway, let's move on. We want to give a big shout out to Brett from Australia, who's kindly left us a review on iTunes. Now, Brett has said, I came across the ladies while looking for more photography podcasts to listen to while driving around for my full-time job. The first episode I listened to didn't get me in, I'll be honest, but a day later I was on a long drive and decided to try them again, this time a different episode. I wasn't a a fan of the banter at the start of the episode, (laughs) just wanted to hear the photography inco because I wanted to improve myself. But now that I've listened to 20 or so and working on the rest, I've come to enjoy the starts as crazy as they can be. (laughs) Talking about rescue dogs, yeah. Yeah. The episodes are very helpful for someone starting out in a photography business after many years of practicing. I hope one day to catch up with the ladies and see how crazy they are in person. Recommended to any photographer looking to improve themselves. Thanks, ladies. Keep us laughing and informed. I love that. Thank you so much, Very honest, Brett. Thank you. Very honest. Glad we got you back in yes yes absolutely it with our witty sh- banter about nothing <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness i really appreciate it brett and um thank you so much and of course if you have 30 seconds to leave us a review or rating on itunes we'd really be grateful because it certainly helps us in the rankings yeah and so like yes. I, brett brett has a point. I, I know there are people who would tune in and it's like, just give me the facts and don't bang on about all this sort of stuff. But like it, the chit chat and banter is important. It's an important skill for photographers in particular to learn because as a portrait photographers or anyone in business, being able to connect with people is a great skill and you it's necessary, especially when you're shooting portraits because you want to be able to relax people, get them back in their body. People live in their head constantly. So sometimes when I'm pointing out the weather here in Melbourne and asking you about the weather when we start, it's just a way of getting everyone back in their body and focusing and noticing and being in the moment. And so this sort of chit-chat, when I I'm photographing people, this is exactly how a portrait session might start with me. And it it might be something as, oh, I rescued a dog today. It's Mm -hmm. a non-threatening topic because the last thing you want to do when you're photographing someone for a portrait is launch in about, oh, you look like you're a bit nervous. Are you a bit nervous today? Don't be nervous. What does that do when someone says that to you, Val? Don't be nervous, yeah, okay? Well, Are you nervous? More nervous? So it just makes you think, oh my God, I am really nervous and now they've noticed and it's making me even more nervous. And and so uh, like the, the using your language and ways to like whatever style of conversation that you have, but talking about non-threatening stuff to relax people is a great way to capture sort of more authentic portraits. And uh, this is something that I talk about a lot with my goal community members, and we do we do uh, lots and lots of tutorials. And Val, you've stood next to me as I've talked about all sorts of stuff with people that I'm photographing. You know about like, well, tell me about what it was like at your first day of school, or what beach would you like to be on? It it doesn't matter, mm. just to get people out of their head and 
in the room with me, even with you, Val. I was saying, get out of your head, Val, and be in the room with me. When I was photographing you, I'd have to do it every time, bring you back Mm. into the room. But it actually makes a huge difference to how your portraits look. Awesome. Love it. Uh, All right. So what is happening with the Gold community this week, Gina? Well, we're doing, uh, I'm working on lots of different tutorials to do with uh, lighting, uh, using lighting to add uh, energy to your images, working with speed lights. We're also workshopping, we talk about uh, quoting for jobs and lots of uh, members getting their first weddings, portraits, engagement shoots and proposal shoots are a big deal and working with headshots. So much going on, Val. So much going on. Yeah, I love seeing how so many members of the Gold community are just kicking a lot of goals. And if you want to find out more about the Gold community, have a listen to this. Hey guys, are you an enthusiast or pro photographer who wants to take their photography to the next level? I'd love the opportunity to work with you and I want to introduce you to my Gold community. The Gold community is an educational resource where members get access to photography courses and regular tutorials. There's over 200 tutorials with more being added each month. In these tutorials, I take you on set with me and I share my thought process behind scouting locations, posing and directing models, lighting and post-production. You get to see the entire shoot from start to finish, from surface in Sri Lanka using a single speed light to character portraits on the streets of Sicily using daylight or high-end studio shoots where I share all my posing and connecting hacks. There's also regular photo critiques, monthly live calls and heaps more. As a member, you'll also have access to my exclusive Facebook group and online forum where you'll be able to connect with other members from all over the world. So what are you waiting for? Join the Gold community today and start taking the kind of photos you've always dreamed of. You can check it out at ginamilitia.com. All right, so our guest for this week is Dennis Smith, and he's going to talk to us all about light painting and how he got started in his photography career, because I understand that he only bought his first camera in 2009, which really was isn't that no. long ago. Tell us about Dennis. So I met Dennis uh, last year at the Bright Festival of Photography, and he was doing some amazing stuff. And I'm, I'm quite obsessed with light painting at the moment, and it's uh, mm-hmm. beautiful, the things that you can do really simply. It looks complicated when you first see his images of beautiful orbs and uh, streaks of light and and you think oh my god that's so technical and there's no way I'd be able to do that but it's quite quite simple to do and the thing about Dennis is he's so generous with his information he's so open and you you can go to his website at dennissmith.com.au and you can check out all the tutorials that he has and he walks you through every single thing you need to know to create beautiful images like this really simply so but his story is fascinating because it was photography that actually uh, kind of saved Dennis's life. So, because he was a high flyer in the corporate industry, 
They can heap some money, live in the life, cars and houses and everything that goes with it. And then there was a shift uh, in the, um, the, the like the financial crisis that hit uh, New Zealand, and uh, he he goes from having everything to uh, virtually nothing, and uh, spirals into depression and alcohol abuse. And then he discovers photography and the story behind all of this and how it was like photography lifted him out of that is uh, just beautiful and so heartwarming and he's so open and honest about this whole thing and it's amazing. And he also takes us through, as I said, how he creates like step by step by step and he walks us through how he creates all of his gorgeous gorgeous images so you but by the end of this episode you will be able to create a light orb image or a light painting uh really simply with uh tools like you can macgyver your own tool for under five bucks so that's amazing now, if you're not sure if you're not sure what uh what Jean is referring to in terms of a light orb or light painting then there's some great images in the show notes which you can find at Gina militia.com but right now let's have a listen to dennis smith dennis smith welcome to the show how are you going oh gina i'm i'm on top of the world today looking i'm gazing out the window at my garden on a sunny day couldn't be better fantastic so uh where in the world are you i'm in uh i'm based in adelaide which is uh just just a magical place to be on the coast i'm about 10 houses away from one of the most beautiful beaches in the world. Fantastic. It is. Mm. I love Adelaide. Uh, mm. Kind of one of those little sort of uh, little gems in, in the world. And uh, it's got everything. You've got beaches, city, all within a, a very cl- sort of close uh, uh, a drive to each other, aren't they? Aren't they? It's, it, it's amazing. I'm originally from New Zealand. Mm. So I, um, I grew up in Auckland. I moved to Australia 10 years ago. And people... When people say, when they know that I'm from New Zealand, they the immediate response yep. is, oh, my God, it's so beautiful over there, and it's this and it's that. And my response is always, well, it is. Uh, you know, there's parts of New Zealand are amazing, but but where I grew up, it was it's just all the same. It's always green. It's kind of raining or almost raining, whereas here in Adelaide, you know, you have you know, two hours south, you've got plunging forested coast lines five hours north you've got the flinders ranges which is the most incredible uh, ancient rock then you have the coast and the riverland it's insanely varied and you get four seasons <laughs> yeah yeah it's, it's amazing so your light painting uh i'm blown away by how i'm just uh so intrigued by it all because I've never done anything like it. Uh, and uh, when I look at your images, they're just uh, so magical. And then I've been on your website and having a look and the joy that comes at like you, th- th- here is a guy that loves what he does. It, it just oozes out of all your videos and it actually, the joy oozes out of every shot. That wasn't always the case, was it? <laughs> Uh, no, <laughs> photography. Photography came to me pretty late in my life. I'm 47 now, and we just just this past November celebrated uh, 10 years of me buying my first ever camera. Like I've never put a roll of film in a camera, um, you know. So I was 37 when I picked up a camera for the first time, and it was a time in my life where 
I was desperately in need of, of something and photography filled the void. Um, but yeah, it, it, it was, it, it's funny, you know, light painting was the very first thing I ever did wow. with a camera. Yeah. And, and now I'm a, a commercial photographer and commercial video maker. Um, you know, light painting is, is without a doubt the passion, uh, my, my, the passion I have with photography, but yeah, I picked up the camera and started taking photos and then really quickly, like within the first sort of three months or so discovered light painting. And that was, it was like an explosion, just like a bomb went off. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And here we are 10 years later and, and it's still, I'm still doing it. I, not, not a month has gone part by where I haven't been involved with some light painting in some way. And uh, yeah, that blows, a, a, it blows me away. It's been 10 years, but yeah, it, it came from a pretty magical place that's for sure the light painting so what was your previous like life like before you started photography what were you doing when you were in the corporate sector do you want to describe the sort of uh, lifestyle that you had before yeah it, it's a it, 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 it's funny because it it feels like a long time ago but but it's still part of my dna because for for, for the first sort of 30 30 or so years of my life it was pretty varied I did a lot of things but for for probably the last 10 years of that I was in really high-end corporate sales so I was working for a large corporate uh Xerox which most people know we make we made printing machines mm. and I was I was in the very top end echelon of sales guys there so I was living a life that was a you know, it, it was suits and ties and, and, and you know, highbrow offices, extremely high pressure uh, with, with massive sales targets. But all the bullshit that goes along with that, like having to have a flash car, having to have a flash house, having to live that 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 lifestyle, basically, but, but um, all wrapped up in just this ridiculously intense pressure. Um, yeah, and 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 it was, it's you know I look back on it now and I think it was ridiculous. But but back then when I was doing it, I thought I was uh, I thought I was living the life. You know? so, so at the time when you were in it, like when you were yeah. right in it, and it was like yeah. you were in that high flying, did you love it? Were you waking up every day with the the same sense of joy and lightness yeah. that you feel today, yeah. or was it something? Did did you feel like it was every day was about okay? How do I keep up with the Joneses, or like I need to make these sales? What what what's the difference? There's no, that, that, you know, that's a really interesting way to, to 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 sort of frame it because at the time I thought I was really happy. Yeah, I thought that I was being really successful. You 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 stand up in a room and you're awarded for doubling hitting double your target, or you 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 get a fifth thousand dollar a month commission check if you had a good month or you know you jump in your really flash car and but but in the the reality was that for me and for the for the vast majority of people in that environment you wake up every morning feeling ill with the pressure of having to deliver the numbers and mm. i what 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 happened is when when it eventually all came crumbling down uh you wake up one morning and you realize you can't do it anymore but you're on this roller coaster, and and that's what that environment does to you. Is it is they 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 program you to be that machine, that robot, um, you know, of, 
of, of just having to wake up and deliver numbers, no matter what. They don't care. You know, they, they just want you to, to hit your target, uh, overachieve. And if you don't hit your target, well, they spit you out like a, like a used piece of meat, you know. So I thought I was happy. In hindsight, I was absolutely miserable. Uh, there, there were times in the last sort of year or so of, of, of me doing that where um, it was all-consuming, all-consuming my, my, in, in, in a horrific way. And eventually what happened, Gina, is it, um, it just it, it became too much. It, it just it crushed me. And in 2008, GFC kind of missed Australia. I don't know what happened there, but it mm. – Kind of flew over Australia and slammed into Auckland like a like a freight train, and and you know you you, you your order book that you have sitting there, people just stop ordering million dollar printing machines when when uh, when the when the money dries up, and and unfortunately my target stayed the same, and the bank still wanted the mortgage, um, and it and it just it ended me. I had a huge and and quite nasty. Uh, mental breakdown and and couldn't work anymore couldn't basically couldn't function as a human it was it was horrible so during that time you've you've gone from being you know the high flyer the cars the house and mm, all the perks mm. that come with that and then the income so so you're working on commission or was it um totally well you get a you get a retainer but yeah. it, it it you know they 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 structure it so that you know, and, and over the years, you sort of end up in this lifestyle where, you know, the retainer kind of pays the interest on the credit cards. <laughs> if you, if you're, well, this is the thing is I was hopeless with money. Yeah. Uh, you know, there were guys in my teams who owned multiple houses and rentals and investments. I grew up, I grew up really not um, having a good understanding of money. And so I, uh, at the end, and, and and I'm not kidding, you know, we, we, we were earning you know, always above two hundred grand a year, yeah. and often way more than that. And yet, when it, when when the shit hit the fan, I still had a massive credit card debt. Everything was ticked up. All my cars were financed. You know, the mortgage was heavy. Um, and you wait when, when it costs you ten grand a month to get out of bed. Uh, they all still want their money. Yeah. And I, I didn't. I didn't. I, I'd, I'd never known how to manage money, so it was a horrific situation because I couldn't work I couldn't I basically had to leave the career but uh, still had all the debt so how did you how did you manage oh. that we sold everything my incredible wife who, who is the opposite she's incredibly good with money um, she we, we sold everything we sold our house we sold our cars we sold all our furniture the whole lot to, to clear our debt in New Zealand and got on a plane and she, she's from, my wife is from South Australia. So she uh, um, helped me escape. And we came to Australia uh, with literally a half a 20 foot container, <laughs> half a 20 foot container of stuff and moved into her parents' spare bedroom in the Barossa Valley. Jeez. It was unbelievable. <laughs> and so what was that time like for you? And oh how, my God. how did you cope? Did, can you remember? Oh, vividly. I'm getting good. Goosebumps. I have goosebumps on my arm thinking about it. What happened is I came to Adelaide and it, it took me a long time to to start getting my shit together. Like I, um, I there, there was, you know, my, I have a daughter who was still living in Auckland. So uh, I had separation 
issues with that. I felt a phenomenal amount of guilt around that. But also, um, you know, it, 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 I, I felt like I'd failed uh, uh, a lot of the time because I hadn't you, – you spend – big chunk of your life being built up and told that this is what success looks like. And then, and then you, you wake up one day and, and that's all gone. Mm. You can't help but feel a sense of failure. And, and, but what happened is I was surrounded by people here in, in my wife and her gorgeous family who uh, just loved me. That yeah. my, my daughter, my daughter from, from 3000 kilometers away loved me. I was surrounded by people who just put their arms around me and, and without judgment, um, helped me to uh, climb out of, of a very deep, dark hole. So here you are in this space. You've got these people around you that love you, but, but you didn't love yourself because you're, you've kind of um, pegged your, uh, who you are based on what you were earning and what you did, not, not yeah. the person, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so much of it was like that, you know, and, and – but you know the thing, I did this, and 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 what I did really quickly is is on my off my own bat, I um I went and got a lot of help. So I I I I'll never forget it. You know my um two things happened. One, I remember one day very clearly being just sort of basically curled up in the corner of a room uh, in a mess, and and my wife said to me, she said you. You spend all your time trying to please other people, whether it's your, your, the people you work for or your clients or, or everyone else. What you need to do, and you're never going to be well until you start to love yourself. And I never had, you know, and, and that's one thing that happened. And the other is is I, I took uh, – I, I went and found some help. Mm. I, I started having pretty heavy counseling uh, and, and dealing with a whole lot of stuff. Um, and, and really quickly uh, – it, it all started to sort of a framework started to come back and 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 really and 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 the whole the beautiful thing, Gene, was the whole the whole time through this, I, I had a camera uh, wrapped around my neck for the first time. I, I I and 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 that started to happen at the same time, and all of a sudden, just this light started to enter my life again, and and I was living in a beautiful place and starting to get better and feel better and and. Um, Pretty quick, like it only took six months or so, and and I was back on, back online. <laughs> That's amazing, and it's like yeah. often, um, particularly men, uh, really struggle with uh, oh. talking about um, their feelings. Like women do all the time. We, we we've got problems. We will. <laughs> talk someone's ear off to like we need that's how we yeah. that's how we process yep. stuff we need to yep. talk about it whereas guys uh not so much so um you know it it it, it, it if, even if like if i think back even back then you know sort of 10 years ago i i i agree i absolutely do i think one of the beautiful things about now you know the time we live in now is that I think that's changing really fast. You know, we, you know, in particular, particularly in Australia, but to a, to a lesser degree, New Zealand. You know, we live in a society of blokes. You know, yeah. Like we're we're blokes. You know, we 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 have can-do attitude. We, you know, we have shared. You know, we drink beer. We play rugby, um, or, or in South Australia, AFL, and um, we're tough. You know, but. I I see now at events where you know, like I'll stand in front of a room of a 
100 or 200 or 10 people and I openly talk about mental health and I openly talk about this connection with art and this real desire to, 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 to bring mental health to the forefront. And it's incredible the guys who come up to me afterwards and they go, oh, my God, you know, and blokes. And, and they don't freak out. They don't shut down. They're not closed to it. And I reckon it's one of the great transformations in our society today is that that's happening. Yeah, I agree. I think it's fantastic yeah, that a lot of the stigma around uh, mental health is being lifted and yep. it's because of people like you and uh, so many other people that are, are openly talking about the fact that, yeah, I had a nervous breakdown. This is what happened. Yep. This is yep. why I lost my shit. I cried yep. in the corner and then, you know yep. what, I went and got help and I talked about it and it made a massive difference and it's like that the that notion that you know to be a, a man or to, you, you know you, you need to bottle that up not talk about it and just get on with it is uh, yeah. uh hopefully uh starting to uh diminish i guess i, I and i hope so i think it is i, I really do and and pe- pe- sports people talk about it yeah and this is the thing young young especially young men i mean we we can never forget the fact that suicide rates in 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 the world, across the globe, but in Australia for sure, uh, are not diminishing. Um, and and but our sports people and our politicians and and the people who kids look up to are talking about it more. And and I I, I would love to think that either sooner or later we we start to see those numbers change. That that when when kids wake up in the morning and, and the day looks too dark to, to, to get through it, that they don't feel scared to go to their counsellor at school or say to their dad or, or to a mate or something that, that it's not right, they're not well. Um, and even, yeah, I, I think it's great. It, it, we live in a beautiful time and, and, and I certainly know that uh, putting my own hand up 10 years ago and, and asking for help saved my life. Yeah. And- Absolutely. <laughs> And I know there will probably be some people listening now that that might be experiencing something oh. similar. And I think you know, yeah. ask ask for help. It's uh, it's it's okay, and uh, it 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 will yeah. make a difference. I guess it's a kind of a dark way to start off, but there is well, light it's... at the end of the tunnel for oh. you, Dennis. Because <laughs> so. What happens next? You, so as you're, you know, seeing the counsellor and, and uh, you know, starting to, I guess, uh, detach your identity with what you did and, and what you made um, and, and you're starting to free yourself and feel lighter, I guess. Light plays a, a big part in this whole story, really. Oh. Uh, tell us about how you started doing these light paintings, these beautiful orbs. So I was living in the Brosser Valley, which is a, a wine region here in South Australia, which is uh, absolutely beautiful. Like it, it, it's just it's renowned as being one of the most physically beautiful places in, in the country. And I had this little camera. I had just like, the most basic little DSLR camera and a kit lens. And I one of the one of the things I started to do for my uh, to try and get better was I started walking. And so I would literally just wake up in the morning. I wasn't working at the time. I'd wake up in the morning, some mornings, and just put the camera over my shoulder and walk. And I just started walking around the Brossa Valley and, you know, taking photos. 
photos, going on YouTube and figuring out how it worked and what all the different things are that I could do to make your leading lines this and thirds that. And going out and just start taking photos and coming home and looking at them on my computer and oh my gosh i was so excited shallow shallow depth of field and beautiful vines and all this sort of thing i started a Flickr account and started putting my images online of, of the brossa valley and thought i was Ansel adams like i thought oh my god i have this thing inside of me i am the future of photography <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna make. I'm gonna make a. Oh, oh, I was so excited, um, and then discovered there's these things on Flickr called groups, and you can join a group. So I joined the, the Barossa Valley, or you know, vineyards, or leading lines, or whatever, uh, and then pretty quickly realised, oh, okay, maybe Ansel Adams Apprentice. Uh, oh, actually, no. Uh, my photos are kind of the same as everyone else's. So I kind of gave up the plan of, of dominating the world of landscape photography. Um, but what happened is hanging around on Flickr, I quite literally stumbled across a group online called Light Junkies. And it was it was this funny little group of just experimental light painting. And and, and I, it just gripped me. I, I, rem, I almost remember the day that I found it. And it was like, oh, my God. I need to know what this is. I need to know how to do it. And within about a week, I had gone out and bought some LEDs and a, and a piece of aluminium and was sitting in my in-laws back, back, the back of the house, drilling holes in aluminium and figuring out how to solder things and uh, made my first light painting tool, of which I still own, actually, and it still works. I take it to workshops. And that was it. I was out making light painting images and... Uh, um, a whole lot of really beautiful things happen, but yeah, that's how I discovered it. So it was online on Flickr, um, and yeah, just just all of a sudden. And then this, and then what happened is I started working again. So I got my shit together, yeah. started working. And the beautiful thing about light painting is that you kind of need to do it at night, right? Yeah. So I'd be going to work during the day, coming home, getting changed, jumping in the car, going out and uh, and and making light painting images. That's amazing. And you're so excited to do this, right? Did you get, like, the joy that you feel when you've, um, like, in in, in those early days when you were starting with the light field, that that sense of joy and accomplishment that you felt when you created those first orbs, did you ever have a similar feeling in the corporate world? Like, you know, sealing a deal, like, you know, you just sold someone a million bucks, you got that? Was it similar to that? It's similar. It's similar, but big, 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 but but um, you know, you know. Actually, that that's a great question. Mm. There's a feeling you get when you close a deal, or you get the big commission check, or you become the best sales guy that month. And it's funny because at the time, it feel, but you know what the emotion is, Gina. The emotion is relief. I always felt relief. Like if I closed a deal and I knew there was a big check coming it was the sense of relief it was never joy so it's relief that you're going to survive another month and the the other difference between that that high from a from the the corporate sector is it's dependent on uh all the ducks or it's dependent on stuff that's outside of your control so so you're you're finding joy from stuff that's outside of you yep okay so that's what you're looking for to fill you up 
And then photography is you're driving everything. So you're in control of it. So you're going to go and you find the location. You set up the camera. You put Mm. the light orb there. You've Mm. done all of it. So it's all coming from the inside. And so I I think it's a different joy. Personally. It is yeah. totally. It is. It totally. It's a different joy. And you know, it, it's like this. Uh, I, I was like a kid. It's hilarious. I was thirty-seven. Mm. I felt like I was about twelve. You still uh, are. It, That's it, how it, you I, present to me. In <laughs> but I, and I say that in the most respectful of ways because one yeah. thing I've noticed about um, artists is when you look into an artist's eyes there's uh you feel like you're looking into the eyes of a child because i think for any artist to be good at what they do they have to have that childlike sense of curiosity and wonder and and uh you have that it oozes out of you and it's it's beautiful (laughs) you know this other thing there's this other thing actually um, you've got me thinking there's this other thing that happened though early on for me is the light painting community was tiny in relative terms the Flickr group was I remember we, we, we back then it was it was relatively tiny. I still jump on Flickr now and go to the Light Junkies group and go back then. And I look at the images we were all creating then, and it's hilarious. It's like kids in a coloring book with crowns. <laughs> um, but what happened is I discovered a community. Again, I, I, I felt I was, at the time I was so alone, apart from my, my close family, and had been for quite some time. And online, what I found is there was this there was this group of other people, and we were all really pushing and really discovering new things together. And and there was no Facebook, and there was no Instagram or anything back then. And it was that was our social media was Flickr, and we had groups where we would talk. And and I had discovered a, a, this group of people who um, was similar to me, and and. And I felt really connected to them, even though, you know, you don't get more remote than uh, than, than South Australia. Yeah. Globally. You know what I mean? Yeah. And yet, and yet there was this incredible sense of community who thought like me, felt like me. Uh, yeah. It, it, it was it was. Oh, my God, it was magical. It was just so good. You found your people. So good. I did. I found my people. And, and yeah. And and. What happened is we made the documentary that uh, – should I go there? Yes. We, so, um, yeah. uh, so, like, as you were – like, let's just go, go back a little bit. So cool. you started dabbling in the light painting. You yeah. joined these Flickr groups. And at, at, at this point, you're still, like, just, uh, I guess, experimenting and enjoying what you do. And w- were you at a market selling those images and you got um, – Yeah, so – yeah, it, it, it was so. So we we were at a. Um, uh, I had it. We were at a market, and I had printed a bunch of these images uh, and, and were showing them and and quite quite um, and and selling a lot of them, which was really amazing to me. And and funny when I look back because I look at those images I was selling, and and they 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 were like crayons on a piece of paper, yet. It was insane. It just connected so much with all these people because I was standing there telling them my story as well. And this young guy came up to me and he said, "Oh, hi, my name's Sam Collins, and I'm, uh, you know, I, I make films and I want to make a series of films about artists and how they make their work." And I was like, "Are you kidding me? <laughs> I'd be all over that." And and so pretty quickly we we made a 
time to meet. I went and picked He Doesn't Drive, still doesn't, uh, went to his house, picked him up in my car and drove him out to my place. And on the drive from the city out to where I was on the coast, I told him my story about uh, how I had been in corporate and changed and that. And what happened, Gina, is really quickly, this piece that he made went from being about how I make my art mm. to about that life change. And we, we, we made it when we'd only, we'd only known each other for a couple of weeks. Um, and that changed it. That well, again, once again, that, that making that piece changed everything for me. Um, not only did I, I, I meet a guy who's now 10 years later, my business partner and, and my best friend. Um, but we made a, we made a short documentary that back, back then in sort of 2010 truly went viral. Yeah. Uh, to like, not two, just inside 250,000 views. Is that right? Yeah. So the, yeah, the, the, it's yeah, called the, the Ball of Light movie, it's and it's it's um you've got it on your website, which is dennismith.com.au. Uh, yeah. So and you were telling me um it, it won, it's won a, a heap yeah, of awards, so the, and but also it it didn't cost he didn't spend a lot making this. It wasn't like a full blown Hollywood no, production, was it? It's hilarious. He borrowed a handy cam off him off someone, and. He had a little laptop computer. He had a little Bluetooth lav mic thing. Mm. Uh, you can see the blue light on <laughs> glowing on my chin in the dock. <laughs> and we reckon afterwards, we, ca- we, we reckon we spent under 200 bucks wow. to make the whole thing. And that was petrol to get out to Munter, the scene in the, the doco where we're uh, at the mine. And so we made this thing and I shared it online uh, or we put it on. We put it on to back then it was Vimeo, uh, and um, it went crazy. Yeah, almost overnight. I just was just we were just inundated with people from all over the world talking about how that was it. They're re-looking at their whole lives. People who stopped because part of part of my my healing process is I I stopped drinking alcohol as well. Yeah. Wow. Uh, yeah, and and they that. Uh, there were people, yeah, all these people who who were saying, oh, "I'm going to change my job, and I'm leaving my job, and I'm going to stop drinking, and all of this sort of thing." To the to the point where I I had to, I was making public sort of statements saying, "Hey, look, you know, you got to realize this process took a year and a half. Yeah, <laughs> you can't don't go to work tomorrow and leave your job, please." No. Uh, but but what happened for me is really quickly um, I sort of realized that this lighting thing was going to be more than me just popping out into the backyard and, and swinging lights around that that it could be a way for me to genuinely um become an artist mm-hmm. and and that maybe this photography gig could be something that that uh i that becomes a career for me and becomes a way for me to uh to live and it was hilarious because back then like it was just totally, completely, if you'd said, like, even now I said to people, if you said to me 12 years ago that I would be making a living from creating images, I would have absolutely pissed myself. Yeah, it's laughing. funny how life works that way, you know, because there you were, uh, this high flyer, your fancy cars and fancy yeah. houses and all of that. And, yeah, you would have laughed and laughed and laughed. Oh. It's, it's crazy. But, you know, I think one of my favourite quotes on this subject is, 
life doesn't happen to you, it happens for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And all you've got to do is, is all you have to do, I, I, I swear that the reason, you know, it, and I'm doing air quotes now, the reason that I have been successful in my career using cameras is because it's just always been really genuine for me. Mm. I'm not the world's best photographer. I'm certainly not the world's best filmmaker. Um, but when I interact with people, it just has to be real. There's no bullshit. Like I, I spent, I spent so much of my life making a living from not deceiving people, but by taking. I never get you when, yeah. when you're in a when you're in corporate sales. You're never giving. You, 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 all, all you're doing is taking. And, and now I like to think that my goal is just to give. I want people to either be a client, whether it's a corporate video for a university, I want at the end of the job for them to go, oh my God, that was fun. Yeah. Oh my God, those guys listened to me. They made it easy. I don't want them to write me an email and go, wow, Dennis, that was in focus. <laughs> Yeah, I, well, the dynamic range was pretty incredible. <laughs> I, I totally agree with uh, everything you're saying and your philosophy on life because as a high-flying corporate salesman, you would know all the tricks because you've used them all. So if you're going to close a million-dollar deal, you've got to know about, okay, here's my first call. This is what I'm going to say. Oh, yeah. Then I've got notes about Dave that I'm selling yeah. to. I know that he's got a wife, yeah. three kids. I'll need to... Uh, hang on, let me check my notes. Dave, how are the kids? How's yeah. the wife? I'm sure you were doing all of that, uh, that sort of um, oh. sales oh my speech gosh. that people do. And hang on, we can't go down in price, but just give me a minute. I'm going to talk to the boss and I'll see what we can do. I'm going to call you back. <laughs> no, we can't. You know, like when you're buying a car, oh, yeah. a car, that all of that comes through. But it's not authentic. And I, I no. think people see through all of that. Oh crap instantly and so you could but you, you know you could have set up a website and used all of those sort of uh, yeah. techniques to sell stuff but instead you've taken this beautiful authentic heartwarming way of doing things and just um, you openly share all your stuff you go to your website and Every, everything you want to know about light painting is there. You can watch all the tutorials and I guess in, in a couple of hours, then go out and do your own, which I'm going to have a go at it myself. It's all <laughs> there. And so I think, I think that that says a lot about how to get yourself out there as a, as a, as a, as an artist. Yeah, I think so. And, and yeah, all those things being genuine, being honest, uh, and, 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 you know, all, all I want, I think about it like this all the time. If someone asks me what my goal is in, in, in my career, again, air quotes, I just want everyone who owns a camera or anyone who has an interest in trying something new to have a crack at light painting because there's just this moment that happens. It doesn't matter whether it's at a meetup in, down the road from me or in Sydney or, or a paid workshop. There's just this moment that happens where I see people's eyes looking at the back of their camera and they just go 10% wider. And there's just this, this micro grin as they see something they've created. And every time I see that, I, I, that's it. That's all I need. I don't, I don't need 
thank yous or I just want people to feel the joy that I do still now 10 years later every time I look at the back of my camera and see an image I created. I still feel that it's just joy so 30 years later. I still have that. I yeah. wish I could bottle it and hand it out, but uh, I just know it's just like go and make something, anything, and you'll get to experience yeah. what it's like to to feel that joy when you create something from the inside out. It's not dependent on anyone else or what anyone else thinks or what anyone else does. You've created this image mm -hmm. yourself. So... For everyone listening, and I know um, I've seen uh, m members of uh, the podcast Facebook group have a crack at light painting, but um, for those of who haven't tried it, what what are the basics for it? So let's start with uh, basic gear that you need to uh, create these sorts of orbs that you're doing, and then we'll work through the settings, and, and uh, hopefully everyone will be able to have a crack at this tonight. <laughs> Brilliant. You know, the, 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 the um, light painting is, is all it is. Here's a really good way to think about it, and I like to use this analogy. I think when we were kids, we all grabbed a sparkler and tried to write our name in front of a camera. Uh, we've all seen images where a camera is on a tripod in a scene and a car has driven through the scene and we see its tail lights or its headlights. Yeah. Basically, that's exactly what we're doing. So we're setting our camera onto a tripod we are uh, pointing it out into the dark. Uh, a dark environment helps when you're getting started. So should it be, um, are there street lights? Is it like, because we can't, it, it, it's very difficult to avoid light pollution for most it people. Is. So there's street lights or uh, is a street light going to affect it? Is it, no. we need, live near a highway, is that going to affect it? What, like what, what's the optimum sort of? You know, I, I think about it like this. Like I, I have a backyard. And you can sort of, there's a street light out on the road and some of that light comes in and there's that general light pollution you get in a suburban area. Um, that's fine. And, and in a minute, I'll describe how you deal with it as it gets brighter and darker. Hmm. So assuming that everyone that's listening has a basic understanding of how a camera works, uh, I'll, I'll give it a crack. So you pop your camera on a tripod, you point it out into a scene. Now you need to focus the camera, obviously. Now, it's tricky to focus in the dark. Mm. So there's a couple of tricks that we can use. A, you, you, you either put something else into the scene around about where you're going to stand, you point a torch at it and you illuminate a thing. It can be a chair or a, a ladder or a post or a bit of wall. And you set the focus on that point and then you turn your focus onto manual focus. Right. So, so that you're when locking it, down your focus. You're yep. locking down your focus. Now, a good trick is this. If you're in your backyard, for example, uh, and you've got a bit of lawn and there's nothing in the lawn at all that you can focus on, you have a guess how far away it is. So it might be 10 steps or five steps. And then you just look around you for anything else that's that far away. You turn your camera and point it at that and focus on that okay. and turn your camera back. And so find some focus. Then you need something to do the light painting with. And this is the most fun part. Because even now, I, I have I manufacture light painting tools and everything, but I still love that sort of trying to find something really simple and easy to light paint with. And here's here's the best bit of advice I can give. One of the coolest bits of light painting gear we have just to even get an image is our phones. They all illuminate. They all have a either a, a torch on the back or a screen that you can put color on, right? Right. So you, using your phone is a good place to start. 
or uh, kids' toys, so lightsabers, anything that light illuminates from, you can use. Yeah. Um, now you go. Well, you, you, here's some basic camera settings. So it's a long exposure. So you need to be on manual yep. is a really good start. Uh, you can set it to your base ISO settings, 100, 200, whatever that is. F5.6 is a brilliant place to start. So that's your aperture. And then set your exposure time to either 10, 20, or 30 seconds. It doesn't really matter. The cool thing about just doing it for 10 seconds is that we can do a more light paintings. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> All right. And here, if you, so, so you're either on your own or you're with someone else. I'm going to assume that you're on your own. Yeah. Because, uh, because not everyone has someone that, that is willing to stand there and press the button all night. Yeah. The long suffering partners and family yeah, yeah, members yeah, yeah, that yeah. we drag out. <laughs> <laughs> we have, we have uh, light painting wives and husbands who, uh, yeah, they, they don't see us at day because we're at work and we're gone at night. Exactly. Because we're light painting. Yeah, yeah. So a good way to start is so you've got your focus set up. You've got your light painting tool, say your phone or something like that. Set your uh, delay to 10 seconds, all right, because that gives you time to get out in front of the camera wherever that is. Right. So you just set your delay, set your exposure time to 10 seconds, Press the go button. It gives you 10 seconds to walk out. And then all you're going to do is start moving the light source around in front of the camera. 10 seconds ends, you go back to the back of your camera, and I can guarantee that there is a wiggly light on there that you've created on the back of the camera, and you're a light painter. Fantastic. And the future is uh, bright. <laughs> <laughs> but, but it gets more technical, obviously, you know. Yeah. One of the things that, that you don't want to do is stand in one spot and just create a big blob of light. The idea is to move. Yep. Movement through the frame. And so a good way to think about that is, you know, sort of figure out where the left side of your frame is and where the right side of your frame is and just start on one side of the frame and move through the frame, moving the camera around. Uh, is uh, Sorry, moving your light source around as much as you can and have a look at that. Now, once you've kind of done that and, and, and there is something on the screen, one of you know, a couple of things are going to happen. Either the background will just be completely black yeah. uh, and, uh, or your light painting source, whether it's your phone or a torch or whatever it is, is going to be um, uh, over or underexposed. And then we start just playing with, with the settings of the camera. And if you like, I can give some quick tips on what those yeah. are. Yeah. So when people look at my images, uh, you know, the thing I pretty quickly, my, my signature thing was, was uh, pretty quickly the, the ball of light, which yeah. is the orb, but also, but also images that look like daylight. Yeah. So you look, at my, you look at my photos and you go, what the hell? How did you do that in the middle of the day? It, yes. So yeah, how right? do you do that? And then yeah. like under moonlight or like what, what it. is it? What are you doing? Or, or you is it like it. I'm, first of all, I'm like, oh, it's double exposure. Like you're doing yeah, yeah, one yeah. in one time of the day and then waiting. No. How do you yeah, do it? No. So every, every image that you ever see of mine uh, are a single exposure. And I never, ever composite, ever. I never have. I don't even really know how to use Photoshop in that way. Wow. So all of those images of mine that look like daylight, that is purely either moonlight or, other, or some other sort of ambient light, whether it's street lights or in the mall or whatever. But generally the landscape shots of mine that you see, 
those that was all moonlight and the way that you get those daylight shots is this you go long um so believe it or not the vast majority of those shots of mine are at f5.6 yeah iso one or 200 yeah but they are long exposures sometimes three four or five minutes wow but so my challenge to people always is this go outside under a moon it doesn't have to be full either either few days either side set your camera to to f4 or f5.6 just point it out into the night yeah and and you know if you've got shutter release even better uh, and just lock that bad boy open for three or four minutes close the shutter and it looks like daylight it's that simple yeah it's incredible and then what you can do is you can jump into that scene and start adding light painting you know so here's a really good way to think about the basics of making adjustments when you're light painting your exposure time or your shutter speed is what controls the ambient light yeah so if I'm in my backyard and I have the shutter open for 10 seconds, it's going to be really dark because it's only absorbing a bit of light. If I leave it open for three minutes, it's going to be really bright, right? That doesn't affect the effective brightness of your light painting tool. We adjust that by using aperture. So right. for so example, controlling the light with aperture. Okay, got it. Yes. Got it. So if you're using your phone for doing the light painting and your phone is too bright, Right, you just increase your aperture. All right. right so if it's so when I'm f four and it's looking too bright, then you close down to f five point six, yep, and F5 that's going to control the brightness. Right. You got it. F seven, f eight, whatever, mm. until your light painting tool is uh, is that the correct brightness. So uh, here's here's an amazing light painting tool. I always challenge everyone to use. There's a drink, uh, this hideous drink called Mountain Dew. Yeah. The only only good thing about Mountain Dew is the bottle. Uh, it it, it <laughs> empty the drink down the drain. Head or down clean to your toilet with it. I'm sure. Clean your toilet yeah. with it. Yeah. yeah. Do not feed it to your children. No. Uh, go to Officeworks. At, when you check out at Officeworks, they sell these little two dollar fifty torches. They're, they're generally made of anodized aluminium. Get your two dollar torch. Your ten cent, or in South Australia, they're worth ten cent bottle of Mountain Dew, a bit of sellotape or duct tape, and duct tape that torch into the bottle, that is an amazing light painting tool, right? Wow. And so that gives you yeah, a nice and, green and light. It gives you this crazy green light, right? Or one of my favorite light painting tools are bottles. So in your recycling bin, you might have an old beer bottle or a wine bottle, or my favorite one is a, a gin bottle. Yeah. Do, this, do the same thing, a $2 torch, duct tape taped onto a onto a glass bottle wow i mean it is insane how beautiful uh they look and work right is a gin bottle a particular color the, the reason that blue you like there's it? a oh, oh, the yeah, blue there's, gin there's, bottle that's what yeah, i'm I can't thinking remember yeah. what it is yeah. i don't i don't drink so yeah. i'm always saying to my mates can you keep all your cool bottles yeah but any any glass bottle or any beer bottle you get this beautiful golden light off a brown beer bottle and and the great thing about these, this idea, right, is a $2 torch will do it. Now, I own, I, I use pretty fancy pants torches when, I, when I'm doing my light painting. But what I always encourage people to do, and I always do this at workshops, is showing people how using a bottle, 
you know, if you get a clear drink bottle and stuff cellophane into it and then poke a torch in the end of it, mm. it's, it's just glorious, the colours you can get from it. So anyway, so you're using your $2 torch and you're out in front of your camera and it's too dim, so it's not bright enough. And let's say, for example, you can only close your lens down to f5. might be a kit lens, yeah. so f4 or f3.5 or whatever. Cameras have this beautiful thing called ISO, yeah. and there's this fear that everyone has of adjusting ISO because of uh, noise, you know. Bugger that. <laughs> my challenge always, my challenge always, and I do this myself heaps and I do it at workshops, if it's too dim, what I want people to do is put their ISO onto 1600 yeah. or 800 or, or God forbid, 3200. It is astonishing what you can create with a $2 torch when you're using ISO 3200, it's amazing. And the noise is uh, diminished when you light the subject. So you're not going to, if you, if you combine high ISO with light, uh, you don't yeah. get that terrible noise. The noise happens when it's an area is not lit. So it's, it's perfectly Try, safe and yeah. well worth experimenting, a good way to see how far you can push your camera. Yeah. Well. Okay. Here's the thing. I'm gonna. The, I'm gonna hop on my soapbox. I promise you, it's the only time I'm gonna do it today. I call bullshit on noise. I am tired of. And and here's what. Here's my philosophy on it. Right. I regularly light paint at ISO 6400. I put them online just to see. Uh, uh, just to see what happens or what people think. Never once ever Gina has anyone ever sent me a private message. Or put a message on an image of mine on social media saying, whoa, Den, what's happening to your photography? It's a bit noisy. <laughs> Never, ever once. And you know why, Gina? Because people are look at the image for what it is. Exactly. They never do. I promise everyone listening, you go out into your backyard tonight with a $2 torch and a, and a, and a, and a bottle and, and you crank your ISO up and you put it onto your social media, people are going to be looking at your image going, what the hell is that you created, Bob? <laughs> yeah. What is this madness? Yeah. No one looks at noise. No, no one ever looks at noise. It's a it's bullshit put into the market by camera companies who have nothing else to talk about. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I believe that. Anyway, so that's so yeah, so get get be aggressive with ISO. Be aggressive with um your settings. You know, you can always pull stuff back in post production. You can always dial things back. It's hard to push the other way, you know, images can start to look a little unpleasant if you're driving your shadows and driving your exposure up. You know, I, I would rather overexpose and have a little. You look at the very last image I posted on Instagram. It's got this giant streak of of overexposed white that will never. It's like gone. Mm. I don't care. I don't it's, care. It's because, the vibe, isn't it, Dennis? Yeah. Yeah. I was in the water splashing around like like a crazy banana absolutely giggling to myself in the middle of a lake <laughs> the image is full of joy and love yeah. and vibrancy and it means something to me and yeah. and never do i look at them and 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 go oh i can't share that because it's a bit grainy or noisy no way all right so that so that's Ooh. light painting you can get squiggles you can write your name you can yeah. do whatever you like create you know abstract images yep just before i let you go i have to just uh find out the technique so you all these principles remain the same but to create a light orb what is it uh, that physically you are doing to to create that and then hopefully everyone listening can have a crack at 
creating uh, a little light orb in their backyard tonight. All right, here's the go. This, this is this is this is the best 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 way for me to describe it. You can you can get all sorts of fancy tools to make it. I manufacture and sell a tool that's specifically designed for making orbs, and it's you know it, it, it's pretty high tech. That little two dollar torch that you went and bought from Office Works to to make our bottle torch bottle tool they always have little loops on them all right so you get a piece of string or a thin piece of rope you tie it through that loop and then what you do is, is that that is the tool and to add a bit of color you wrap a bit of cellophane over the end or you you get an old bread bag that's got color printing and you use a, 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 um, a rubber band to tie it over the end to get a bit of color and then all you're doing is you're holding that in your hand at about waist height, the string, and the torch is just above the ground, and we're going to swing it in a circle. So you've got a torch on the end of a bit of string with a bit of color on it, and you're swinging it in a circle next to you, right? So that's our circle. And then to create the orb, all we're doing is starting to turn our body in a circle. Right. And that round light it's oh we, we open the shutter obviously yeah <laughs> and you need it you need it you need a good amount of time so how many seconds, seconds would you a good well, 30 seconds is a good start it's a great start it's a great start now in my images that you see i'm i'm in there for between 60 and 90 seconds and then i walk out of the scene and leave the shutter open to absorb the ambient light that's but how to you get, get that daylight look so yeah that's how you get that daylight look, right? So if you're just getting started, 30 seconds is amazing. Yeah. And 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 then you you can get yourself a little cheap uh, shutter lock thing, and you can go to go longer. But all you need to do is is and and I've got a really elaborate uh, you know hour long um, tutorial on my website on how yep. to do this. But you don't just to get started. This is all you need to know. If you put a coin on the ground and you're swinging the circle so you're swinging your light with your arm and it's going in a circle and the torch is on your hand wants to be above the coin on the ground that you're swinging with and the light needs to be going over the top of the coin and you're walking you're circling around the outside of that coin so your feet aren't staying in the same place while yep. you're swinging you're rotating around so that the circle is going over that coin the whole time. Now, I promise you for the first 63 times you do it it's not going to be perfect. Yes. But you you practice. Your orb might your orb might look like it. Yeah, you got it. Your orb might look a bit like a, a pumpkin or an a egg. A bit wobbly, for the first yeah. Few, a, yeah. Bit, a bit wonky, but it doesn't matter. And then you just keep going and keep going and keep going until your exposure your shutter closes. And then you go over and have a look at the back of the camera and fall over and faint because it's so awesome. Yeah, and so the important thing is to keep moving because if you stay still Constantly. for a, a, a like a. a, a an extended amount of time, there might be a ghosted image of your leg or hand at, at some point. Is that right? Well, you can do, but but in, the theory is this, and it's the question I get all the time, how come I can't see you in the image, hmm. right? Now, the reason is because I'm moving the whole time. Because I'm rotating my body around the outside of that central point, I'm moving. So at all times, different parts of the background are being exposed, right? And... Uh, yeah, if I was standing still and rotating the orb around me, because I'm standing in one spot, yeah, there'd be a big black yeah, uh, sort of a, a, a silhouette of me. But, yeah, you're moving the whole time. And same when you're doing the light, the normal light painting. Because you're walking through the scene the whole time, you disappear. 
It's Does like, it help to wear black? I mean, I, yes, yeah, and oh, so yeah, you wouldn't yeah. be wearing um your reflective you fluoro, your day, you know. No, you wouldn't be wearing your 1980s tracksuit, that's for sure. Oh, the pink one that's always oh. in the background of every street shot I try and do. Yeah. What? What is that? <laughs> Why does that always appear? You've got this beautiful shot, uh, you've taken the portrait, and yeah, someone yeah, with yeah, a yeah. pink fluoro pink <laughs> tracksuit, and it feels like the same photo bomber. Uh, yeah. But look, it's neat. And, and the, look, the great thing is, and, and, and I'm, you, know, you can't really end this conversation without me just making this point. I get messages from people all the time saying, oh, look, I, 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 I've been trying to do my light paintings for a long, you know, I've been trying to get it right and I just can't get it right and I'm trying this and I've watched all your tutorials and I, and, and I, you know, and I go, hey, look, you know, talk to me a bit, talk to me a bit about, you know, like how many times have you, I've been trying all weekend to get it right. It was months and months and months before I was getting orbs that, that that looked bloody good. You mm. know what I mean? If I showed you my first hundred orbs, they were sketchy as anything. They were wonky and there were gaps in them. Mm. What people need to remember is that when you go and look on, whether it's my Instagram feed or my website or any other photographer, you only see the good stuff. Yes. When I go out now, mistakes, after, yeah. nah, even now, Gina, I, I'll go out. I was down at a lake just this weekend gone and I would have come back with it. Maybe a, it, I was using a pretty specific method in the water, but you know, I'll, I'll come back with a thousand images and there's only five or six in there that I'll ever post online. Yeah. There's, there's 50, there's 50 either side of it that, mm. that are dodgy as anything. Yeah. And pe- people have got to remember that it takes time. It takes practice. Um, but the beautiful thing about light painting as opposed to a lot of stuff, even the sketchy ones are bloody great. Yeah, because you get something. Because you're that, doing something. Yeah. Oh, and I, I've just had a thought. There, there is a, a lot of listeners uh, in the Northern Hemisphere at the moment who uh, can't even go outside. It's freezing, right? You're going to get frostbite <laughs> if you just step out yeah. the door. So yeah. if it's nighttime and you can turn off all the lights in the house and maybe you've got like a larger lounge room, just move your, you know, oh. uh, the, the porcelain yeah. uh you know, plate that's very expensive out of the way and all of that sort of stuff. <laughs> Clear yourself a space. So what what would you need? Maybe yeah. sort of three metres square area so you're I not reckon, going to... Yeah, about, about three metres. Yeah, and you can it's, actually have a go at light painting in the comfort and warmth of your home and then, you you know, you don't have to worry about obviously going out into the you know, backyard is safe, but, you you know, you, you want to be careful and you're not going to places on you your do. own. You do. Yeah. So, th- so this is something that you can just, you know, you're not going to freeze or worry about your camera getting knocked off or anything like that. So just do it at home and, and maybe do two every night or five every night before you go to bed, that, light painting before bed and then to, get or- it. Get it looking good, yep. and then head out on like because then you're going to be hooked, yeah. I, I imagine, and then it. you can go. You All right, let me see if I can get one, uh, you know, in this alleyway, or you know. Um, here's this... another. Here's a, here's another great thing to do if you're stuck inside because it happens, you know. Yeah. If there's a couple of you, grab a chair, sit someone in the chair, tell them, give them a challenge to see how still they can sit. Grab your light painting tool, whether it's your plastic bottle with a torch in it open the shutter and move it around them. You can create some amazing light painting portraits because the light from the tool will illuminate them. It's absolutely gorgeous. That's something you could do with your kids. If you've got small children, that's a way you to know keep what? them entertained. Kids 
there, there is just something magic that happens, Gina, when when you I, I was in Sydney the other day and we were on the foreshore and I had a group with me and there was this moment where I stopped like and I turned around and there were these uh like six kids just standing there gawking at me with the biggest, widest eyes you've ever seen. What is this? Your lightsabers and that. I quickly grabbed my camera. We went and sat on this grass bank and I had all the kids sitting behind me looking at the back of the camera and I, and I'd send each kid out with the tool and they'd be doing that. And all the other kids were watching. It was just, a and, and they just, and you know, the thing, even really young, they get it. Yeah. They know what is going on. You know, they, they, they know what it is and they, they understand so fast. You go to a, you know, there's something I've always said, you know, if, if I can get one kid to put down the PlayStation controller and pick up a light painting tool and go outside and run around for, for half an hour, my job is done. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. I, I, I'm going to go, I'm going to give this a go tonight. I want, I'm, I'm so excited to test this. I really <laughs> want to, um, I want to, I want to make some orbs as well. So, um, thank you so much, Dennis. This is a, oh, a like, it's been amazing, uh, chatting with you. Uh, so, We've talked about a little bit about your website. You've got some workshops. Where can people find you and get all this information? Yeah, so my website is uh, it, it's probably the easiest URL because my name is Dennis, but it's mis- it's spelt with only one N. Right. But the website Ball of Light. That's B A L L O F L I G H T dot com dot au. We're in Australia. Um, and 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 I have links there. The, the website is really where I put all my passion. I, I have a pretty big following on social media, but you know it's social media. The website is where I have galleries and some and a lot of tutorials. Mm. Uh, you know, we sell a range of light painting tools that I manufacture. Um, but you know, as you've just heard, I, I'm a huge advocate for people doing it cheap and having a go themselves. But the website is my main location. Instagram is uh, the ball of light und- uh, all underscores. So the underscore ball underscore of underscore light. Um, um, and Facebook and all that, but yeah, that, that's where I have and workshops. We uh, last year was ridiculous. I, I had a, um, it, it was almost too much. We were on Easter Island mm. and up in up in the Himalaya, and I did about twenty workshops. I'm dialing it back a bit this year, but am am planning some stuff. We have a workshop section on the website. That's where to keep an eye on that. I have a newsletter that goes out once a quarter. But I'm really active. You know, I'm I'm always really keen if people are hanging out on my places online and they have a question, I'm always available um, through any channel. I always, and I always reply to everyone. Um, unless it's someone wanting to marry me in Russia. No, yeah, I don't. You don't reply to those ones? <laughs> no, I'm happily married. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> um, all right. That's amazing, uh, Dennis. Okay, I, no. I wish you uh, continued success. Thanks again uh, for chatting. Beautiful. There we go. Dennis Smith, what an awesome story and some fantastic photography as well, which you can have a look uh, in the show notes or at Dennis's website, Dennis, D-E-N-I-S, smith.com.au. So what's happening in the coming week with you, Gina? So I'm working on a couple of uh, lifestyle shoots, Val, and I've got some TV stuff going and I'm also uh, continuing my work with the Gold community, all sorts of stuff happening. What about you, Val? Busy, busy. Um, I've got to finish writing. I'm co-writing a book and I need to finish that by oh, the end yeah. of February. Just like you don't <laughs> have enough to do. 
I yes. feel like an underachiever. I really no. do. I feel like I'm doing enough. I'm going to go and get a degree in nuclear physics, I think, next okay. year. I'm going to master's in something just so I can, you know, sort of whack it out there and just say, hey, you know, what are you doing this week? Oh, I'm just working on my uh, master's in nuclear. It would help if I picked a topic that I can actually pronounce the yes. um, subject. Pro- I'm going to get a, uh, yeah, I'm doing a degree in um, physics. <laughs> okay, you can pronounce that. So there you go. <laughs> you should do so, that. So you're co-writing a book, Val. Yes. Mm. And uh, that needs to be done by around the end of February, I think. So I really got to get my A into G. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then I've realised I'm in a, just a small um, group exhibition in March, at the end of yeah. March. So I've got to get the artwork ready for that. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, my goodness. I thought I was going to have time to Netflix and chill, but, you know. Oh, you want to Netflix? And chill? Good for you, <laughs> okay, I've hey, heard that fit, there's another you've meaning. You've got to fit that in. There's only one that. meaning for Netflix and chill, Val. There's only one meaning. You know, it's code. I'm um, too innocent for that. Yeah, so uh, I've got to clean out my linen closet. And, <laughs> uh, what else have I got to do? Yeah, is that so, the other word for it? Okay. Uh, uh, yeah, a bit of Netflixing and net. Fixing, Netflixing and chilling, yes. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. Where do we find you online, Gina? I'm at ginamilitia.com, so that's G-I-N-A-M-I-L-I-C-I-A. All social media, Instagram, Twitter, uh, and all the others, I'm at Militia, and you can also find me in the gold community. So if you want to take your photography to the next level, then come and join me in the gold. Lots of uh, 250 tutorials. I love working with these guys. It's uh, so much fun. So check it out at ginamilitia.com. And you, Val? Uh, and click on Join the Community. Yes. Um, you will find me at Valerie Koo, that's K-H-O-O, on Twitter and Instagram and at valeriekoo.com. Thanks for listening, everyone, and we look forward to chatting to you again next time. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer. For more information, free resources, and Gina's regular newsletter on everything you need to know to become a successful photographer, visit ginamilitia.com.